Hello and welcome to the Teen Life Coach Podcast. I'm your host, Sammy, and today we are talking about what to do when a friend is struggling with suicide. Hey guys, welcome to the podcast. How are you this week? Today we are talking more about suicide. I just feel like this is such a needed topic to discuss, especially right now. And chances are that you will be impacted by suicide at some point in your life. So this is really good information just to have and know because you will need it in the future, possibly, or maybe you need it right now. And it's best to learn now while you're younger so that you have it when the situation arises. So our shout out today is to Joyful Mom. And she left a review for the podcast and she said just what we needed. Had a quick road trip with my teen and preteen girls and listened to multiple episodes and we just love the messages and the girls especially love that they are short and giving them encouragement to just be themselves and love themselves and others. Yes, I hope that's what you get out of this podcast, you guys. If anything, I hope that you give yourself permission after listening to these podcast episodes to be yourself. Thank you for that review, Joyful Mom. I love it when moms listen to this podcast with their teens because it's kind of like a win-win situation for both parties. If you don't feel like talking to a parent, but your parent wants to connect with you, Listening to a podcast together is a good compromise and it can bring up some good discussions between you both rather than having like all that attention focused right at you. So last week I shared some suicide myths with you all and a little bit about our brains and suicide. So if you didn't listen to that episode, it's good to go back and have a listen to that one along with this one because it might help this episode make more sense. So let's talk about how to help a friend who is contemplating suicide. And you guys, I say friend very loosely here because sometimes it's not always a friend that you have the opportunity to help. Sometimes it's just an acquaintance, but it really can be anyone. And what I'm sharing today is what I have learned in my training for handling suicide. So most of the points I will be talking to you about are from Paul Kinnett, and I will put his resources in the show notes if you want to know more. There's so much to understand about this topic, and I'm not going to be able to cover all of it with you guys in just two episodes. So if you want to learn more, which I highly recommend, there will be some resources in the show notes, okay? This information is just super important because suicidal teens typically do not reach out for help on their own. So that means it is important in our communities to be educated on how to help with these types of situations. I know that this is a very uncomfortable topic for most people to talk about, but my goal today is to help you kind of get over that uncomfortable feeling when it comes to talking about suicide. Because really, if we can't talk about it, then we really can't help each other. And I kind of describe it like this. It's kind of a little bit like having a post-it note on the back of your sweatshirt that says, kick me. Do you guys know what I'm talking about? When I was younger, my brother used to do that to me and they thought it was like the funniest thing because there's a sign on my back that says, kick me. And yeah, go ahead and kick me. The person with the kick me sticker on their back has no idea until someone like finally comes forward and tells them, hey, you have a kick me sign on the back of you. Failure to recognize and respond to suicide warning signs 
can be about our lack of knowledge about suicide as well as our basic fear about the subject itself. So the person showing warning signs to others, they may be in serious trouble and considering ending their lives, but our failure to respond may be wrongly interpreted by the suicidal person as proof that we actually don't care about what they do, which I hope is not the case. The very idea that someone wants to die is frightening. So when someone threatens or talks seriously about suicide, the most natural reaction that we have is fear. And then when we have fear, the human brain wants to deny what is happening. And denial is how we cope with things when they're too much for our brains to handle or contemplate. So it's kind of like COVID this year. I've used this coping mechanism a lot. Actually, I've used denial a lot of times in the last year where I just want to pretend that what's going on isn't happening rather than feel scared about the pandemic and my kids not being in school and my husband's job and getting sick and all those kind of things. It's just easier to just pretend like, oh yeah, nothing's happening, right? So fear and denial are normal reactions to someone talking about ending his or her life by suicide. And sometimes we even tend to just like brush it off or kind of think that that person is just trying to get attention. And people who talk about or threaten suicide often do go on to attempt it. It's not really a typical attention-seeking behavior. So first, in order to help someone, you have to recognize the warning signs, all right? There are certain life situations, mental disorders, traumas, and abuses that can lead to suicide. The most common cause of suicide is depression. If someone has been struggling with depression or experienced trauma or a major disturbance in their lives, it is important to be aware that they are at risk for suicide. Most suicidal people are depressed and depression is a very universal everyday fact of our lives right now, especially during COVID. Depression is the number one cause of suicide behavior. And you guys, depression is highly treatable. Wishing to be dead is a frequent symptom of untreated depression. And we have so many ways to treat depression now that suicide doesn't have to happen. There's other ways to handle it. To avoid shaming, suicidal people often use indirect language, okay? They usually don't come out and say, I'm going to kill myself, right? If they do, then that's a really big warning sign. You should catch on to that right away. But they typically hint at the planning, and rather than saying, I'm going to kill myself, they say, you will all be better off without me, or you're going to be happier when I'm gone, or, you know, some kind of version of ending everything, okay? And so any verbal cues mentioning distress and extreme hopelessness about the future or some version of a desire to end it all, those are all signs and warning cues that are worth asking about. Severe anxiety and turmoil, which can't be calmed down, that's a warning sign. Even like extreme doom and gloom about the future that they can't be talked about, okay? That's a pretty big warning sign of somebody who's thinking about ending their life. Teens who are not sleeping, 
that can't get to sleep or stay asleep are at extreme risk for suicide. So sleep is so important to our mental health. And if we are not getting enough of it, our brains tend to not think very clearly. So I'm one of those people who needs like at least eight hours of sleep each night in order to feel good. I don't always get it and it's not always going to be possible to always get my eight hours, but it's just one of my goals. And I know this because there have been many times in my life where I have had poor sleeping skills or habits and I know what it's like and how I feel when I don't get enough sleep. It's kind of horrible and I feel terrible. So I recognize that caring for my mental health, part of me doing that is making sure that I get enough sleep, okay? Sleep is so critical and crucial to proper mental functioning. So once we kind of know a few of the warning signs and we can learn to recognize those in our friendships or in our relationships around us, The second part of suicide prevention is to ask the question. And I know how uncomfortable it is at first to ask someone if they are suicidal. I used to be so afraid of this question, afraid of it on both sides, asking the question and answering the question. So I've been on both ends of this question and I've asked it enough now that I'm used to asking it and I've gotten more comfortable about asking it, but it's still kind of like one of those uncomfortable questions. And suicide prevention is everybody's business. So it's not just for the qualified professionals. The most important thing that we can do in order to help someone with suicide is to get over our fear and shyness when it comes to talking about suicide and asking those tough questions. So some ways that you can ask this question are, Have you been very unhappy lately? Do you wish you were dead? Do you want to go to sleep and never wake up? Have you ever wanted to stop living? So finding a comfortable way to ask the question may actually not be possible. And there may not be like one right way to ask the question. And it doesn't matter just exactly how the question is asked. The most important thing is that you ask the question. So if you ask someone the question and they answer a version of yes, the third step in helping them is to listen to them and persuade them to get help. It's important to tell a trusted adult if one of your friends is thinking about suicide and it is okay if they are angry with you for telling an adult. It is not something to be kept a secret. So this isn't something that you keep to yourself because You promised your friend that you wouldn't say anything or anything like that. If you know that someone has mentioned ending their life, then you need to say something to an adult. It's actually best to physically bring them to a trusted adult. I always suggest like don't leave them alone. Offer them hope and support by telling them that there are other solutions to the pain they are experiencing and that they are not alone, okay? What they're going through is very curable And I always love to believe the thought that everything is figure outable. So when I'm having questions or I'm confused and I don't know what to do about something, I always love like going to that thought and thinking this is all figure outable. So if you're like feeling overwhelmed and you don't know how to help a friend and they don't know what to do either, you don't have to have those answers like right now. There's things that you can figure out in the future and get help with. 
So in review, first, we need to be familiar with the warning signs. Teens that have been depressed for a long time or who have had trauma or abuse or like things happen to them, they're going to be at risk for suicide. The second part of helping somebody is asking the question, which I actually think is the hardest part, okay? Because we kind of have to get over ourselves and our own fear so that we can help somebody and do some greater good, okay? And then the third part is refer them to a trusted adult or tell a trusted adult who can get them the help that they need. A person's life is way more important any uncomfortable emotions we may experience in the process to help them. And if we can get over our own fear about kind of being shy and timid about this subject, we can do so much good. Okay, you guys, I hope this episode helps you all be more aware of how you can help those around you that may be struggling and be more conscious of the responsibility we all have to assist those who are thinking about ending their lives. Okay, have a great week. If you are interested in any of my one-on-one coaching programs for teens and their parents, please visit my website, knowingup.com. That's K-N-O-W-I-N-G-U-P.com.